ask yourself, how can I be in touch? Maybe what with one person I liked working with. Okay, you can't handle hundreds, fine. Then pick one. And for that person, find the best way for you to be in touch and, and ask how they've been and you're doing something good in terms of karma. And at one point, maybe you would need their help. You would feel a lot easier, a lot better reaching out to them if you had an ongoing conversation. That's number two, that your network is more important than what you know. I'm Junaid Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In today's episode, we're thrilled to welcome Daniel Alfon, a LinkedIn expert who helps business owners tap into the power of the platform to gain new leads and clients. With over a decade of experience on LinkedIn, Daniel has honed his strategies to help executives and entrepreneurs grow their business. He's the author of the must-read book, Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success, and shares his knowledge through his premium packages and programs. Whether you're just starting out on LinkedIn or looking to take your presence to the next level, you won't want to miss this conversation with Daniel. Get ready to learn how to leverage your LinkedIn profile for business success. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been my pleasure to be a part of your podcast. Thank you very much. Excellent Hobbies Rocks. <laughs> thank you so much. And that almost rhymed Hacks and Hobbies Rocks. <laughs> It's the hobbies that help us rejuvenate and build up that creative juices. It gets the creative juices flowing. So thanks so much for coming on. Daniel, share with us, you know, yeah. Share with us what got you started. How did you become a LinkedIn business coach? Or if that's not the actual title, but I do know <laughs> that you help people with that. What got you started? Would sheer luck be a good answer? Sheer luck. I like that. It's, it's part so of the answer. So that's probably somebody named Sheer Luck that got you started. <laughs> I think what, what happened is that I morphed into, a, I, I um, made LinkedIn a hobby. And at one point, I woke up and I said, okay, this is what I'm doing. I need to drop everything else. 
But before I got to that point, Junaid, I had to, uh, I was holding a sales uh, position, a quota carrying position, and LinkedIn simply helped me slash my sales cycle. Because back then I needed a lot of time to find the name of the right person within the organization I needed to speak with. And LinkedIn simply showed me that I no longer needed to spend a lot of time on, on that. So I beat my quota and then I decided to see what's under the hood. And I liked it. It's a conservative platform. You note you don't have to uh, put up images of, of cats and uh, and stuff you ate. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I liked it. Although, although some of that stuff is showing up on LinkedIn now. You're absolutely right. Um, many uh, complain about the TikTokization of uh, of LinkedIn. Yes. Mm -hmm. How how do you how do you sense the platform? What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? So LinkedIn's been around for a while, long time, right? And I I think I've been on there since it first started just so I could have a resume, an online resume on a digital platform. And it, it was rarely pointed because people don't know what to tell other people about themselves. So LinkedIn created a platform like, hey, here's the profile. These would be nice things to add to your profile and build your credibility, build your personality. So when people come and look at your resume, they know exactly who they're getting to. Now, over the past year, yes, it has morphed, it has evolved because people want video, people want live streams, people want all these other things. So they're like, you know what, let us add these other functionalities because people are people no matter which platform they're on. Absolutely right. <laughs> and video is, uh, is strong and it's a large part of your content strategy and videos get a lot of engagement on, on LinkedIn. Other than uh, native uh, video, there's also a very nice hack um, that you may want to, to help your clients with. Mm. And that, that is adding a video cover. Mm. So by if someone goes to your profile after you added that video cover, it's a 20 second, 25 second, uh, uh, short video that would play muted. So it's best to have captions or it needs to speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Let's say if you're creating the course or you're interested in video, then this is what I do, or this is the summit I'm, I'm speaking next uh, next week. Yeah. You would walk the talk and show how you use video within the, the platform. And it shouldn't be much of an effort because it's, it's a 20 second, uh, sh very short clip. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So you, by sheer luck, discovered that LinkedIn could get you connected with people that'd be interested in a product or a service that you were offering at the time. Uh, the truth is, I simply used LinkedIn to find the name of the person, and then I went off LinkedIn. And the biggest secret is to know when to leave LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. As much as I love the platform, that let's say that I'm looking into my, my ideal prospect and I see that you are a mutual connection of ours. So many people will bypass that and send a connection request to their prospect. But my advice would actually be, if it's important for you to speak with that prospect, is to leave LinkedIn and actually message Junaid and say, hey, how have you been? I noticed you were connected with Jane Doe. Jane Doe seems like a terrific person for me to have a conversation with. Would you be open to making an introduction? Mm. You may say no, you may say, I don't really know her, but if you say yes, then I'm going to get a little bit of attention thanks to your name, because my name doesn't mean anything for her. Right. 
So leaving LinkedIn is the is the best. Knowing when to leave LinkedIn is a key secret that many LinkedIn users simply forget about. I love that. So as you found the person that you wanted to connect with, you stepped off LinkedIn, like, hey, can you get me connected? And they do have the referral that, hey, can you refer me to this? Can you recommend this person to me? They have that feature built in. But you're saying that we completely leave the platform, use an email device that tells you, hey, I already have email for this contact because they're already my friend or get a connection through them. All right. Uh, in my book, uh, a deal without a connection is way better than a connection without a deal. A and deal without a connection is better than a... <laughs> revenues with no connections are better than connections with no revenues. And if you consider the metrics, mm -hmm. many entrepreneurs are obsessed with the LinkedIn metrics. How many connections do I have? What is my exercise score? How many followers? How many likes did I get? And mm. The truth is, we need to focus on the business metrics. Have, have, has your LinkedIn activity helped you grow your business by 20% this quarter? If you've done that, then that's great. But the, the metrics should not be the LinkedIn metrics. Nobody cares if you have more LinkedIn metrics. What you should look at is, is your bank account. And your, your bank manager should not understand anything about LinkedIn, they yeah. need to see growth in what, it, in what you do. What is the ROI of your activity on the social media platform? Absolutely. Say you, you ran a, a masterclass for, for people who want to build a, a home studio mm -hmm. and, and launch the course. And you say you never use LinkedIn and for the first time you're using LinkedIn and you get 50 new uh, signups, 30 people show up and 20 people buy the whole program. Yeah. So, Junaid, you would be able to translate those 20 people into revenues. And you Correct. know exactly that LinkedIn has helped you reach that. You can simply consider LinkedIn as a black box. Mm -hmm. Whether that helps your business or not, that's the key question. That's Because you could do that with very few connections. Mm -hmm. And you might have 20 gazillion connections, but your business will suffer. Right. Which one is better? I like that. I like that because I think what started happen is that people are looking at the vanity metrics because that's what they're used to looking at on Instagram, on Facebook, and they're trying to replicate that on LinkedIn. Now, don't get me wrong. Those vanity metrics might be good at one point or another, but if they're translating to real dollars like you're mentioning, then there's something that you're doing right. Absolutely. Uh, it's a simple concept, but it's uh, very misleading when you discover a new platform and you think that it has changed things. The way our brains are wired hasn't changed because of social, because of LinkedIn, or, or because of anything else. We're still psychologically the same, and you don't have to follow vanity metrics. You need to focus on your real-life metrics. The real-life metrics is where, where it's at. So, Daniel, what kept you coming back to building LinkedIn profiles for business success? Because you've been doing that. You did that for yourself. And you even have a book called the Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success. How has right. that kept you afloat or, I don't know, what keeps you motivated in coming back and teaching people? And 
is it because it's really easy or I don't want to be answering my, your, my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish it's not easy. It's, it's even counterintuitive. When I run a workshop, I ask people, so if I want to achieve this, where do I click? And everyone says here. And I show them that when they click here, it doesn't get what they want. So by the end of the workshop, they're, they're already suspicious. Whenever I ask them, they say, okay, maybe it should be someplace else. It's a very powerful tool, but it's very counterintuitive. Mm. And until you understand the code or the, the way the LinkedIn specific logic is, it's difficult to get your ROI out of it. And, and it still amazes me to see very intelligent people, leaders, managers, struggle with the simple concept that LinkedIn has because it's counterintuitive. Mm. And, and I think training is what brings me joy and energy and dopamine. Whether it's a one-on-one -on -one uh, session or, or a keynote or a workshop, the adrenaline cannot be replaced by most uh, most things we enjoy in life. So I like it. Okay, that's that's pretty awesome. I'm trying to see what I'm trying to pick at. So as somebody who's who's authored the book, what what initially pulled you to use LinkedIn? Like yourself, I signed up for LinkedIn in early 2004, so the concept was pretty new. And at one point, it helped me uh, close my sales and, and beat my quotas, and, and that's the moment I started to help some friends. Those friends later asked me to come and train their sales force and, and, and train other people. And I think that another thing I, I want to think about it, let's imagine I, I had become a, a Facebook specialist and not a LinkedIn specialist. Mm -hmm. Then my guess is at one point in 2006 or seven or eight, when I would write a proposal for the CEO, the CEO may tell me the next day, you know, I'm sorry, but my nephew said they would do this for 20% for 20 of what you asked. And today the, the CEO's nephew uh, don't offer LinkedIn services. It's uh, not very competitive compared with uh, Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter. And, and still, it's, it's, a, it's where the cool kids play. It's where yeah. business is handled. And it's a very interesting platform that is evolving and, and changing. And whenever we run a search, we Google someone's name, their LinkedIn profile will often top the list. Even people who are real celebrities and have done TED Talks and authored books and everything, their LinkedIn profile will still top the list. So it's you have to manage it. You can't uh, you can't let LinkedIn call the shots. Yeah. You, Junaid, have to decide what do I show people. And when when people visit your own profile, they need to understand within a second what you bring to the table. So I'm bringing up your your profile and I mm -hmm. see the banner. Guess what? 99% of LinkedIn users haven't uploaded a banner. And the banner is striking visually because I see building your studio for content and course creation and I see the link. So I'm bound to stay a bit more here if this is interesting for me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay a lot. You have to be creative about it and use your profile as a website that needs to convert your ideal reader unless you're looking, you're looking for a job. If you're looking for a job, then treat LinkedIn as a CV and an online resume, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur 
or if you own a business, that doesn't make sense. Because as, as a prospect, I couldn't care less whether you worked with the uh, World Bank Treasury until 2019 or 2020. Yeah. What, what's important for me is to see that you know about Vido, that you could help me grow my business, that you have you have helped people launch courses. So this simple change in our perception is likely to make our own profile more converted. Wow, that makes so much sense because people are looking at and taking that non-verbal cues by just looking at what they see. And if they like what they see, then they're probably, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're blessed because you're, you're, uh, you're a specialist in, in video and nobody likes to read. So a video could tell the story in an mm. engaging way and you can spend 20 minutes and get a lot of information. Yeah. And, and this is uh, a great example of the way you could show your mastery within the platform, be it Twitter or, or any other platform. If you yeah. use video within the platform itself, you're showing people what can be done with it and they're likely to be attracted to you. I like that. So almost immediately my mind goes to, all right, mm -hmm. five months ago. Wow, it's been five months. Five, six, five or seven months ago in February of 2022, we did the five-day challenge, five-day mm -hmm. home studio rehab challenge. It was a lot of fun. But now that course is essentially available for others to consume. So what you're recommending is I should take some of the content from there or create a brand new video and share it on LinkedIn. Mm. That, hey, this is question. what we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could leverage that course in, in, in a number of ways. Okay, let me use for just a couple of reminders. I'm sure of you've course. done all of it. You could take bits from the uh, whole program and show highlights uh, um, and, and explain what the, what the outcome of the course was for, for participants. You could have video testimonials. Yeah. Now, I don't have anything against written testimonials, but if you're uh, offering a video course and a video masterclass and a video challenge, then a video testimonial is likely to speak uh, um, much stronger and better to your audience yeah. than, a, than a written, than a pure uh, written um, testimonial. And you could find LinkedIn groups for course creators, for foodies, for whatever the, the verticals may be, and guide them how they could use video for the course. And you would show them, you would give them value in taking the first baby step. Yeah. And that's the way you gain their trust. And then they're likely to say, okay, Junaid, let, let's try and schedule a strategy call. Or could we? Could you help me uh, um, build my course because I'm I'm special. Like uh, my course is not like other courses. I'm I have some questions, and by providing that sort of value, that wouldn't be only reliant on your connections. Yeah, you are likely to gain more awareness and more inquiries, and eventually to grow your business. So there are a number of ways you could leverage that uh, that group. Uh, you could create a LinkedIn group where mm. people will be in a um, friendly and non-threatening uh, um, environment where they could ask silly questions about video. Sure. What gear do I have? 
what happens? Do I have to have 16 hours before I do the course? All sorts of questions you must have heard thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And if you help them, they gain more confidence. And when they want to buy, you are the only provider in town. Because you haven't sold. You simply explained. Explained and tell, yeah. Taught and trained. I like that. There's a lot of turning wheels turning in my head right now. That's what there's a lot of quite. And um, yeah, you're right. That there's there's many different ways we can repurpose our content to highlight what we're able to provide for others and and bring the changes in their their lives and transform. When you started to utilize LinkedIn to really grow and you've been doing this for 15 plus years it's really uh, amazing before that i see that you were training you're a trainer in technology uh, you did a lot of business development how did all of that experience lend you a hand in creating this new platform that's a great question and the shortest answer is, is that the business experience I had helped me communicate with my clients in a much better way than by simply knowing the LinkedIn platform. Mm. If I started discovering LinkedIn, you know, when I was 22, I had zero or close to zero business experience. And because of the various positions I've held in the, in the tech side of it, the startups and the corporate companies, when I had a discussion with the CEO or, or the manager, my questions were not about LinkedIn. My questions were about the business and the outcome they want. And yeah. I know I know that's set me apart from every other provider they, they've spoken with who said that they, uh, they could grow their network, they could do their likes, they could do all sorts of things. And my questions were related to their business. Obviously, if you're not interested in growing your business, then we may not have, not have a match. Yeah, but that is something that has helped me tremendously. Many clients I have have learned to trust what I offer them, and to check only the results, or to see mm. that what we when they have a forthcoming webinar and they haven't used LinkedIn, so we have a process of checking who would be the ideal attendee for that webinar. Yeah. And I run a test and they would know that if 100 people signing up and 55 people showing up and 30 uh, um, acquiring the program, that would be thanks to the activity they would do on on LinkedIn. And it's much easier to speak in in business results than in in LinkedIn vanity metrics. So I, I found it to help me. I like that a lot, and and I'm I'm getting a lot of. I mean, this is this is really great. It's almost like a masterclass in how to use LinkedIn to move your business forward, to build that revenue ramp up. Because people are literally coming to LinkedIn for business. It is a business platform first and foremost before it is. A social media platform. That's uh, absolutely important to, to understand. I was listening to uh, an episode you released with Hala Teha. I think it was 433. So congrats mm-hmm. on on that. Thank you. And and she, and she mentioned the, the the way she became a LinkedIn influencer. And the beauty about it is that there are many ways for for entrepreneurs and and for anyone to leverage LinkedIn. 
there's more than one solution. If yes. you know what you're looking for, then you'll find a way the platform can uh, help you. And perhaps I could share with you three very simple questions as, as a, a mind opener. Number one, who's your ideal reader on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. So if you're a job seeker, it may be the next hiring manager you'd like to work with. If you're a solopreneur, then the prospect may be the ideal reader for you. Question number two, what action do you need, would you like those people to perform if they visit your profile? So say the ideal reader is someone thinking about creating a course, but, but having some questions or issues about video and setting up their studio. So what action would you like them to perform after they visit your profile? What, you, what would you like them to do? Hmm. I'd probably have them contact me. Excellent. Yeah. And, and the last question is, are we helping those people understand as fast as possible by showing them the right information in the right order that they need to reach out to you and they do they find it easy to reach out to you? Mm. So if you've managed to help the funnel, I'm going to share my screen for a second uh, again. Sure. Simply imagine LinkedIn as, as a funnel and you can help people uh, get to reach out to you by providing them with the right information that would make them understand why you're part of the solution. Yeah. So very top of the funnel, it could be the content you would be sharing or the right keywords. So what sort of keywords would a course creator use when looking for someone like you? Junaid, you may, you may find that the terms you're thinking about are not necessarily the terms mm. that novices would use because you know so much about it, True. you would use terms that maybe some of them will not use. They're going to, to they may enter like YouTube something and you don't see yourself as only YouTube, but if that's the term many people would use, then there should be a way for you to weave the YouTube term somewhere within your profile. So the outcome of the course could be on Vimeo, on YouTube, yeah. on your website. That's a natural sentence for the reader, but the keywords like the, the keyword YouTube is already there. So this is the top of the funnel, how people can discover you. And by adding the banner, just like we've seen, we're likely to stay on your profile and discover more about what you do about creating the, the home studio or the studio in general. Yeah. And when we scroll down, we see further information and links. And I also may see mutual connections. What happens if I uh, I see that Johnny Ball or Fatima Mirza is, is a mutual connection? I could decide that I want to reach out to one of them. Yeah. And if they say, yeah, you need to speak with Junaid, then I'm closer to reaching out to you. And lastly, is it easy for me to reach out to you? Can, can I find your website easily? Is there a message that way is a free uh, messaging system that would help me communicate with, with you without having to pay LinkedIn? Yeah. And without having to ask someone for an introduction? Because 99% of LinkedIn users cannot message you freely. When they look at your profile, the LinkedIn will show them the term message but there would be a tiny lock. Sure. And when they click on that, they are asked to upgrade and to pay. So we need to make it as easy and seamless as possible for more people to discover you and to go all the way until they reach out to you. And conversion is likely to happen on your website because on your website, you have a way to nurture them. You can have a call and you can send them emails and then maybe they're not ready to buy today. 
Right. But in three months time, when they're ready to buy, they've already learned to trust you and to read the content that you're sharing, to watch the videos you're sharing. Man, I love that. It's so easy to know all the strategies, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be able to put them in F and effect, put them in the motion is where the hardest things to do. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't done a lot of these posts because I'm like, where do I get started? Where do I stop? And then there's there's hundreds of things that are possible to do. You're doing great work. There's always, uh, we can always think of, of, of the next step. And, yeah. and it also it also depends on the way you run your business. So ideally, what you do on, on LinkedIn should not contradict or, or uh, change the way you handle your, your business uh, today. So if you yeah. have uh, events, if you have like the, the challenge and this is something you're doing maybe every six months. So the next thing to do would say, okay, the challenge was a great success for me. My next challenge is going to happen, say, in four months. Mm -hmm. Can I use LinkedIn in order to grow more awareness to that challenge? Can I use LinkedIn in order for me to have more people signing up? And, and yeah. if you know what's important for you in, without relationship to LinkedIn, say a challenge or anything else, then it's, it's easy for you to use the platform in a way that would feed what's important to you. LinkedIn doesn't have to say what's important. It's you that needs to it's decide we, what's it's, important. Yeah, we have to decide what's important to us so that they see it. I love that. Man, I'm so full right now, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> full of knowledge. Much. There's so many actions to take. So excited for you to share with us, man. Thank you so much. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And when we get back, Daniel's going to share with us three hacks to take away on what you can do to make your LinkedIn profile rock. I'm Junaid Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Hey guys, welcome back to the episode. We've been speaking with Daniel Alfon. He's a LinkedIn profile master. He's got a book called Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success. And as we talked earlier, LinkedIn is a business platform. It's absolutely the place to be if you're looking to grow your business. But how to do it, that's what you can learn in Daniel's book, Build a 
LinkedIn profile for business success. The link for the book will also be on the podcast show notes. You can also visit Daniel's website. But before we sign you off, listen to these three hacks to take away from Daniel. Thank you very much, Junaid. So the first hack is, go is going to be very simple. Ask someone you're not connected with on LinkedIn to show you the way they see your profile mm. and ask them, say, where would you scroll? Where would you tap? Where, where would you click? And don't judge anything they do. Simply watch. And you will be am sometimes amazed, but first of all, by the fact that they see things that you aren't seeing on your profile. For example, a number of LinkedIn users have a profile photo that is hidden from their people who are not connected with them. Mm. So it doesn't, what's important is not what we see on our profiles. What is important is what other people see. So if you understand your, your photo is not showing up, you thank that person and you go to that those privacy settings and you say, okay, I want my uh, photo to be available to everyone. And then you'll be, you'd see that they click or they scroll and they don't understand something. It's very tempting to try and explain, but if you can, hush watch and if you see that person or two people doing the same thing then it's your responsibility to, to ask yourself can i tweak the way i phrased it can i move this part up? can i explain it better so my profile speaks for itself it's a bit challenging but mm -hmm. i think it's worth your time and that would bring your profile you know make it even stronger and more appealing for people who are likely to reach out to you. That's not hack number one. Ask someone you're not connected with to bring you up on their LinkedIn app or desktop and ask them, give them 30 seconds to click and say what they're doing. Thank them very much and go back to the drawing board to further improve the way you build your LinkedIn presence. Nice. Number two. Hack. All right, let's see it. Number two relates to your network. And I'm not even considering LinkedIn. I found that people I worked with helped me get referrals. Referrals in, in service-based uh, uh, businesses, they're they the best source of, of revenues for, for my small business. Because anyone that's been referred to me comes as a warm lead, they're less price sensitive, they're likely to send more people my way and we were generally much happier working with them than a cold call from someone who knows nothing about you. Nurturing the relationships with people you've worked with is best done when you don't need anything from them. Because nobody likes it when you only remember them when you need them. So find the way for you to be in touch with them. You could check, I can share with you uh, on a free article that would give some, some specific uh, LinkedIn ways to, to do this, but nice. it doesn't have to be that way. If you manage to keep in touch with people you don't need anything from now, maybe down the road, they would become your insurance policy. And I hope you don't need that insurance, but yes. if you're stuck, you would sure appreciate the ability to reach out to someone. They could help you. They could mention someone else you need to speak with. They could give you some gig. They would help you in a very meaningful way. So people you're working with and people when you move to the next project, ask yourself, how can I be in touch? Maybe what with one person I liked working with. 
okay, you can't handle hundreds, fine, then pick one. And for that person, find the best way for you to be in touch and, and ask how they've been and you're doing something good in terms of karma. And mm -hmm. at one point, maybe you would need their help. You would feel a lot easier, a lot better reaching out to them if you had an ongoing conversation. That's number two, that your network is more important than what you know. I love that. And number three relates to you and what uh, a challenge I'm going to throw at you. Ooh, let's do, <laughs> let's do this. Okay, so because we, you, you are, you're a video specialist and you help people gain more confidence about creating the studio and, and using video, so I would like you to, to uh, add a, a video cover to your LinkedIn profile. All right. I don't mind if you, you you can tell me I need a whole month to do it. That's fine. Just say the date and I will visit your LinkedIn profile on that day and I will tweet whether the video cover is there or not. So what date will work for you? Uh, we'll have it updated September 10th. Wow. Excellent. So as a bonus, I'm going to share with you a simple how-to on how to create the, uh, the video cover. Not that you need it, but for other people, it may come in handy. Yes, absolutely. So once you, you visit Junaid's profile and you see the, the uh, uh, video cover, that's the moment you can see the power of video and that will help you understand how to build your own profile video. The idea is not to copy yours, but yeah. to see the, the way you've done it and to say, okay, so Junaid has done this. I'm, I like to be different because I'm offering something else and, and my style is different. That's fine. So simply pick the idea and tweak it so it's uh, more relevant and more aligned with your own style. So for the third hack, I'm thanking you. Well, thank you so much. That's <laughs> what you are welcome, Daniel. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, I love I love challenges and I'll have that video cover updated. Now, one thing I did notice was these video covers, are they in vertical format or are they in horizontal format? So are they designed for the smartphone or are they designed for the... the Excellent. Uh, you're you're uh, an expert. So it's not, it's for the smartphone. Okay. It's thin and it's not for a desktop environment. Okay. So it would play uh, like... It's like a like, story, essentially. They, yes. Remember, they used to have the stories, that, but I think they... They've pulled away the stories. Right. So a 30-second um, video that would initially play muted is is an excellent way for you to stand out in, in, in most uh, cases, and especially if you deal with video and if you create it. You're dealing with yeah. video. You're creative. September 10th is around the corner. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you, Daniel, for sharing the hacks, sharing your wisdom all that you can do with LinkedIn to really build your business success. Thank All right, you. let's jump into six questions I like to ask my guests. Number one, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, playing the piano. Mm -hmm. I played a guitar when I was a teenager. I didn't have a piano and, and I missed that boat. Maybe one day I'll get to it. Nice. A lot of a lot of people mentioned playing the piano because it really opens up your mind and how you think and, and read music. I think reading music is a really powerful one. Next question. 
What did you want to be when you were a child? <laughs> so it was either an attorney or okay. a judge or an author, depending on, on like when I was 12 or 14 or 10, something around those lines, an author, uh, an attorney or a judge. Oh, I, I am an avid uh, Earl Stanley Gardner and Perry Mason uh, reader. Uh -huh. So Perry Mason was an early hero when I was maybe 12. Nice. So you've <laughs> already accomplished one of those by becoming an author. <laughs> I didn't think of it. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. You got it. Welcome. <laughs> Number three, what is your favorite movie or TV show? I'm going to say uh, Frantic. Yeah. Frantic is a, a movie. Uh, Roman Polanski is the uh, director, and it, it's one of Harrison Ford's best performances uh, from my perspective. And the, it gets another bonus because the soundtrack has uh, uh, Piazzolla's Libertango. Mm. And uh, it's a thrilling experience to listen to the music within that, uh, that movie. When I finished watching the video back then in real life in, in a movie theater, I went back and I bought, I purchased another ticket and I stayed for, uh, for two more hours. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, uh, Harrison Ford, best performance in your words. Yes, he's done amazing, you know, from, uh, the Empire Strike Backs and, and, and Air Force One. But, but, um, what I liked about the frantic, uh, performance is that he wasn't a superhero. It was someone like like the neighbor, someone across the street that got involved into serious trouble that we don't usually expect. And and I found that being a good actor, when you don't have, you know, superpowers, it, it, it really shows the ability, your ability to play uh, regular people that yeah. got into extraordinary circumstances. I love that. I love that. It really pulls you. Right. It really helps you play the part more accurately when you're a good actor. Absolutely. Nice. All right. Next question up. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? <laughs> I would probably go with some uh, comedy because I think I would enjoy the atmosphere and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the laughs maybe an early Marx Brothers, uh, A Night at the Opera, or Duck Soup, anything crazy, uh, slapstick, or maybe a Billy Wilder uh, uh, comedy. Okay. Because I think the experience itself would be uh, exciting and, and yeah. fun. Well, um, so pick one movie. Would, would it, which, which one would you want? Would you want? Which one cool. would you want to <laughs> pick? <laughs> It's an obscure movie. It's called Monkey Business. I think okay. It's Cary Grant and Marilyn Monroe. Okay. They're amazing. I I, I was watching this and I was uh, uh, I woke up my family uh, because I laughed so hard. <laughs> so this is going to be my pick. All right. Monkey, I love Monkey it. Business. Monkey Business. I loved it. <laughs> next question. Before I go to the next question, uh, there's a platform called Backstage. Dot com. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but I joined the I joined the app about four or five years ago, and since since then I've I've uh, appeared in a few you know commercials and movies myself. So maybe maybe that's something you could do 
to just to give it a try, right? Getting that wow. comedy experience is <laughs> something you will never forget. Wow. Okay. So backstage.com. Backstage.com. Excellent. I'm going to look for your performances there and I'm going to check it out. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Next question is, who is your favorite superhero? Um, I don't, I'm not sure it's a, it's a superhero, but I would go again with uh, a thriller. Uh, I'm going to say this. Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. I, I know the formula when, when you've read, you know, 20 books or 50 books, you, you know how it will end, but it still amazes me to see how the author packs the action yeah. in a way that makes the attorney almost uh, a suspect of, of murder. Yeah. And the final Trump triumph in, in the drama in court, it still amazes me, even if I read the book 20 years ago, and mm. that's going to be my, my pick. Nice. I love it. Uh, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? I'd like to say chess. My, my son now uh, beats me in chess and schools me really. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's great. And uh, chess is more open and, it, and we get to chat a bit after the game and, and before the game. So it helps me uh, connect for stronger or, and better with uh with my son, it's it's a good experience, I think, for fathers and, and, and family members to uh, to bond in a non-threatening way. I love it. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate your time, your energy, your wisdom, and the hacks that you share with us. Where can my audience, my superpreneurs, find you? Thank you very much. If you're a superpreneur, simply check danielalfon.com. You'll be able to download stuff, to read articles, to book a one-on-one, and I'll be glad to answer any question you may have. Fantastic, Daniel. Well, I appreciate you walking through, giving me a challenge, and telling me what I can do to level up my LinkedIn profile as well. Thank you again for your time, my friend. Junaid, thank you very much for having me on the Hacks and Hobbies. Perfect. Thank you guys for listening. This was a amazing conversation with Daniel Alfon. If you had any questions, please reach out. You can contact Daniel on the links in the show notes. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today as well as the show notes.